Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bezel Banter, a podcast that covers different topics, including travel, various gear, and of course, watches. My name is Ernesto, and today I am absolutely excited to have this guest with us today. This is a person that I've been wanting to get on our show for the longest time, and um, man, I just can't wait for us to go ahead and get things started. But her name is Trish at watch underscore girl underscore life. Trish, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ernesto. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Me too. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> I appreciate that. But I, I wanted to just say, before we go ahead and start cranking things out, you are a first for bezel banter in many, many different ways. You are the first female guest we've ever had on the show. You are our first Australian. You are our first person from a different hemisphere. We've only been doing people from North America. So we're absolutely excited. If you guys uh, don't know, Trish is actually from Australia. So she's, we're, we're talking, I think like 14 hour difference. Uh, and so excited to, you know, make it a global episode. Before we get started, what are you wearing on your wrist today? Well, firstly, thank you for having the first Australian. I'm very excited and humbled by that um, and the first girl to be on your show as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, today, I've got my Explorer 2 Tone on, my newest edition. And, um, yeah, it's my special watch celebrating a 25-year anniversary. So I figured that given we're special today, I might wear a special piece. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So for me, I'm actually wearing my Omega Planet Ocean. It's a Seamaster. I know that you've got a Seamaster too. This is this is actually the first watch I ever purchased that was an automatic. It was like my real watch. So I figured I'd commemorate this by uh, wearing this watch today. I love a Seamaster. They're so amazing as far as like the value you get, yeah. and now with you know with the coaxial movements and the just great, great timepieces, and they're quite robust. Yeah, they're very cool. Well, Trish, I have been a huge fan of yours since the first time I've seen your Instagram, and I think one of the things that really caught my eye is you're an amazing photographer. I know that you've got a really cool watch collection, and we can talk a little bit about that, but I think what drew me to you is the fact that you are an amazing photographer. Like every, Like you cannot take a bad shot. You just don't see the bad shots. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the secret. Absolutely. But like every shot you throw out there just is amazing. And so I, I wanted to maybe have an opportunity to talk a little bit about that. And I know that there are quite a few people following you. And if they're not, you guys, you should. We're going to link up uh, all of Trisha's contact information on this so that you guys can follow her. But um you know, I think one of the things that I'd like to do is get to know you a little bit more as a watch enthusiast, as a watch collector. And uh, I'll probably start firing away at questions if you don't mind. So really, what got you started in collecting watches? Well, to be honest, I've been a, a watch nerd for a long, long time, well before an Instagram was probably even developed as an application. I'm old, right? Cool. So, <laughs> um, yeah, ever since I was yeah, ever since I was a kid, um, I always had a watch. My parents bought me a special Seiko when I was uh, 10 years old to celebrate hitting a double-digit age, and I've still got that watch, and um, it still works. And literally for as long as I can remember, I've been, um, I guess, known as, as a watch collector and a watch nerd across all my friends and family. And, it's you know, people collect shoes, people collect cars, people collect other things. I collect watches. Um, yeah, and I think that's where it all sort of started back when I was 10 years old, <laughs> to be honest. Wow, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and obviously my tastes have changed significantly over the years and um, I'm, I'm sure that uh, my Instagram account shows that. But, you know, I just really, to be honest, and I think I've mentioned to you before that my photography is more important to me than my watch collection, to be honest. I, I have a real big passion for photography and always have. And, and between the two of them, I've sort of joined both passions together. Which is, which is awesome. I, I would absolutely describe you as a photographer who is passionate about watches. Yeah. And like, I think you're a photographer first, just 
just because of the style that you have, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about your style in a little bit, but as we think about the watches that you have in your collection, like how would you describe yourself as a collector and also how would you describe your collection? Yeah, look, to be honest, I, I've I've learned over the, the course of so since 2018 that my taste in watches has sort of gone into the the more um, the watches that aren't so formal, uh, ones you can wear with anything, with a jumper, with a pair of jeans, or you can go to a wedding in them, um, ones that can throw it on and do the gardening, for example, a G-Shock or whatever. So I, I love it. I don't dive, but I like <laughs> I love the diver watches, um, and I just like the aesthetics around them. Um, I don't typically go down the hole of, you know, blingy type watches, but ones that are just practical that you can wear and, and enjoy. And I'm finding over the, since I sort of started my, you know, mechanical watch journey, it's sort of gravitated to between Tudor, Rolex and Amiga has become my three most favourite brands. And um, only because I feel like those watches connect with me and my lifestyle. Yeah. Very cool. And and one of the things that I noticed too with your collection is it's not the typical ladies watch. You wear watches that are, I'm going to say unisex for the lack of a better term. They would, I think they're category, they're cataloged as men's watches, Yeah. but you know, they're sized anywhere from 36 millimeter. And I think you have a Speedmaster, which is 42 millimeter, right? So, I mean, like you wear that range. Yeah. And I've found that, um, I wear watches that I enjoy, not what the world says I should wear. Um, I think that's really important. Uh, we get hung up on, you know, what is classified as a female's watch or a man's watch, and, and it's in, in Instagram all the time. And I think mm. it just comes down to what you enjoy wearing. And when you look at it, for me, it holds a memory or it holds a significant part of my life that that's why I bought it or, you know, that type of thing. It's not about being a male or a female. Um I get it. I, it's one of those things I'm quite passionate about, actually. It's that, you know, you do, you have whatever suits the person is what you should go with. It's not about what the industry is marketing that brand as. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy thing. But, you know, I found that, you know, my sweet spot is anywhere, is around the 36 to 38 mil range, 39. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple of bigger watches. My Speedy is a bigger watch and my Seamaster is a bigger watch. But then I enjoy wearing those as well. So, yeah, it's it's a funny thing. I've got, yeah, my Explorer, for example, my two-tone, everyone hated it when it first came out. It was like a public uproar. Oh, my gosh, it's horrible. Don't buy it. And I ended up with it. So it's like. That was a very controversial watch yeah. when it first came out, wasn't it? I yeah. Mean, like, because I think everybody was shocked that, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that they went out with a two-tone Explorer, which. Yeah it's different than what it symbolized in the very beginning, right? As an exploring watch that went to Mount Everest, but it's still a cool piece. It's a unique piece. Yeah. And I, and for me, I was given the opportunity back in, in um, May to get it or June, early June, I think I got it. can't remember now, but the, the chance to get it was a rare event in Australia. One of the biggest things that we have problems with here is supply and supply mm -hmm. for 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 the uh, the Rolex sports models. It's really hard to get them. The waiting lists are really high, and you know I had a significant anniversary coming up, and and I have a relationship with an AD here in Sydney, and and I talked to him about it. And when the the two tone came out, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. And then I got all nervous because no one else seemed to like it. And, right. And then he rang me and said, oh, guess what? I can get you that the first two-tone in Australia if you want it. And I'm like, oh, my God, yes. I, I've got to see it first, but I'm pretty locked in. And three weeks later it arrived in, in Sydney and I went in and got it and, and I fell in love with it. And it's one of those watches you just got to feel and touch and put it on your wrist and you will know that it's not got the stigma of the, the broader consensus. So, Right. And how cool is that too? Like you being the one to hit the first two-tone explorer in Australia. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's what he told me. So I'm going with that 
stigma. That's, that's the story we're sticking <laughs> that's with. The story, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I've got some great friends on on Instagram too, and I'm messaging them, going, "What do you think? What do you think?" They're going, "Yeah, do it, do it, do it." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so I'm lucky that I've I've built this great network of people just through my watch collection and my photos that and they've stuck by me since per, pretty much since I started my Instagram account and I can actually message them and go, what do you think? Do you think I should do it or not? And they'll say yes or no and they'll be brutally honest with me and, and I appreciate that. And they all said, yes, absolutely, you've got to have it. And, um, yeah, it was cool. One thing that I've realized about the watch family, you know, the watch community that we yeah. have, there are so many good people, very yeah. supportive of just us in general and you know the hobby and everything but there are so many positive people and supportive people that if you're having a off day if you're having a rough day it seems like there there are a lot of folks in our community that can lift you up and make you feel better the other thing that i've noticed about a lot of our friends in the watch community is that they're a bunch of enablers (laughs) Yes. So they always push. They always push you to get to the next one. So it's yeah. a it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. So. I guess I always have the philosophy: if I can't afford it, don't buy it. You know, and you know, you'll never find me going and spending seventy thousand dollars on an aftermarket or a grey market Daytona because you know I'd rather wait the three years and see if I can get it. But do you know what I mean? It's I, I always go with the philosophy: I've got to make sure that I can afford it and I'm comfortable with actually buying it because it's yes. it's not uh it's these watch this watch collection thing isn't a cheap hobby by any stretch right and none of these watches are a necessity right no i mean no. so i'm i'm totally with you i'm tracking exactly the same way i'm a huge believer in all the watches that i've been able to get i've been fortunate to get them through an ad but i've never had to pay i've never had to pay like the above market, the gray market that we are seeing today. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a believer like you that if it's meant to be in my collection, that's how I'm going to acquire it. I don't feel like premiums are warranted, at least yeah. in my opinion. I just don't have that kind of funding to blow money like that on these kind of watches. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather spend $70,000 on a nice car. I'm a bit of a car freak as well. <laughs> it's like, Look at you. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's awesome. I can tell you a quick story. So when I was a kid, I, I desperately wanted a Porsche. And um, uh-huh. that was my thing. When, I'm get, when I get older, I'm going to buy a Porsche, Dad. And he was laughing. And he used to travel to America all the time for his work. And he came home after a six-week work trip. And he bought me a T-shirt with a Porsche on the front. He said, this is the closest you're ever going to get to a Porsche. <laughs> And um, he was right, I think, so far. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell him I said that, though. Oh, yeah. If he's listening. No, I'm just kidding. Well, he Um, will listen. They're very keen. They know this is happening, so they're keen to listen. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So I'm curious, though. This isn't in my notes, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. Seventy thousand dollars comes your way. You gotta, you gotta spend it on a car. What would you spend it on? Yeah, it's not enough for what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting handcuffs on you. At this point. <laughs> it's like I'm limiting you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I've, my tastes have changed. I mean, if I if I was going to do if I was going to have a lot if I had a lot of money to spend on a car, it would definitely be an AMG of some description. I'm a bit of a oh, merc, nice. I'm okay. a bit of a merc freak, so. Um, but I'm, I'm getting to the stage now where I need one of those cars where you just slide in and slide out. You don't have to crouch to get in and out. <laughs> so, yeah. And like I hear you. SUV is my thing at the moment. So, no, that's yeah. cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, you know, as a collector, as a watch collector, going back into watches, what are some of the most important things that you think of and that you're focused on when you're bringing a watch into your collection? I think for me, I'm not hung up on what movement's in it. I'm more hung up, and this is this is me, and it can be, it's just my opinion, but it's how the watch looks, the aesthetics of it. Um, I'm starting to gravitate to watches that have extension bracelets and more practical use. Um, mm-hmm. It's got to sort of fit in with my lifestyle. Um, like, I haven't been to the office since March last year, so fancy office watches and stuff like that sort of don't it doesn't really sit with me anymore I think for Mm -hmm. me is 
is it something that I can um, that will hold its intention and its inheritance that goes with me and my legacy down the track so that it's got a story behind it because I've got nieces and nephews that will acquire my collection at some point down the track hopefully longer time so right. I, I sort of buy watches with the intention of who will wear that once I'm gone as well which sounds really macabre in a way maybe <laughs> I don't know but I want my nieces and nephews when they when they get that watch that they actually can look at it and they can understand the story behind it so I'm writing stories behind each one so when it gets handed down to them because I'm allocating them to each person and um, they will know the story behind it and why it came into my life and that's that's where I, I've sort of built my collection on is who's going to inherit it down the track, why I loved it, the story behind why I acquired it. And I like to think, like I've got watches that I buy on a whim, and but I've got the special ones that will end up with my nieces and nephews over time. And they're the ones that typically have a special story behind them. I, I really love that because watches in itself are just inanimate objects, right? I mean, they're just pieces. Yeah. They're just, you know. But like to be able to tag the story yeah. about that watch, the journey of that watch and the journey of you with that watch. And if you're passing that along, I think that makes th that makes so much meaning to that watch than just it's just not just a watch anymore. Yeah. You know, it's an extension of you, your life, your journey. That's so cool. And my relationship with them, because I don't have kids, I have two dogs, but you know, my brother and sister, their kids are more important to me than anything else in the world. And, you know, I want them to have something special that they can take on and, and they can pass on to their kids down the track. So, yeah, that's that's really why I buy the special pieces, if you like. Yeah. That's a cool ant right there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, so that being said, you've got a pretty broad watch collection i know that you've got various you know things you, you mentioned rolex tudor we you know you've got Ome you like omegas and i know that i think you also like seikos and grand seikos yeah. you mentioned g-shocks you know what are some of i'm not going to limit you to a number but i'm curious like what are some of the um i'm going to say more important pieces in your collection or maybe even some of your favorite pieces in your collection Obviously, my most favourite is the first um, mechanical watch I purchased back in 2018, and that was my Rolex Oyster Perpetual 36, and I actually bought that at a second-hand watch store in Sydney. Um, I didn't buy it new. To be honest, I didn't even know what box and papers were when I bought it. I just wanted something special. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I walked into this shop and I was as nervous as hell. I sort of made a decision to, to buy it because it's a, it was going to be a significant piece. Um, mm -hmm. For those of you that follow me on Instagram, you would have seen recently I, I sort of came clean and said where my watch story started, and that was because of a tragedy in my life. And... You know, I lost my wife to brain cancer in 2018 and it was something that I wanted us to, me to have a memory of us together. So every time I looked at it, it would trigger some sort of memory over the 10 years that we were together. So it's it's absolutely the most significant piece in my collection and maybe it will go to the grave with me. It won't be passed over. <laughs> so, um, and I can I can appreciate that. You know, it, it's interesting that... That in itself, so it's a it's a black dial oyster perpetual thirty six millimeter. Yeah, it's that's a very understated piece. Yeah, and at the time when I purchased it, it didn't even, you know, the fact that it was, you know, some Rolex and it was oyster perpetual. Like I didn't really care. I just wanted to buy something that was really really cool. That significant it was significant to both of us. And Kim was a freak mm -hmm. when it came to watches, and we both liked black dial watches always. And um, so it sort of resonated in that way as well. And yeah. the fact that it wasn't blingy in any way, because neither of us were really into blingy things. And But it also was something that I could just pick up and wear. And I know that I've got her on my wrist every time I wear it. I, I love that story. Um, and what's interesting to me is like, as understated as that watch is, that's the one that has the most meaning to you. Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, you got 
any other pieces that when we look through your photos on Instagram so that we know like, oh, those those are important pieces to Trish. Like what would some others be? So the Explorer is ex important because it's it was purchased as a, uh, in memory of me hitting 25 years with the company I work for. And nice. I don't know about you guys in the States, but people don't typically stay in the same company for 25 years <laughs> anymore. That's right. They not anymore, right? <laughs> no, they're moving from company to company. It's almost unheard of. Yeah, so yeah. Um, that was important to me. And, and it, I was going to get 25 engraved on the back and then I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe I can, would you get one engraved? I, I'm nervous about doing that, but it's obviously significant because it's the 25 years with my company. So um, absolutely. My personal opinion, if it's going to stick with you and that, it, that it sounds like it really does have a lot of meaning to you. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with engraving it because it's a remembrance of a milestone, a huge milestone that you hit. Yeah. And so whoever is lucky enough to end up getting that watch from you, they'll always remember that story. Yeah. So maybe I should get 10 for 10 years on the back of my OP and 25 for on the back of the Explorer. Maybe. Not a bad, not a bad way. No, that's not at all. <laughs> and I think um, the other one that I really enjoy is is the Speedy. I, I didn't buy it for any significant reason, but I wanted a Moonwatch, and mm -hmm. I, I just find that amazing. You can wear it on any strap. You can chuck it on for with a jumper and jeans. You can wear it with a work suit. Um, it's just a, a really cool watch that fits every part of my lifestyle, and. Typically, it ends up being on my wrist most days of the week. I can't stop wearing it. Um, really? Okay. But, yeah, it's only been sort of superseded of late by I've got a Smith's Everest because um, of my passion for Mount Everest. But um, And I and I, I, I had a, a, an awesome story behind that. I always had my eye on it. And the Smith's window opens up for 10 minutes in at 2 a.m. Australian time. <laughs> and you go, there's no way I can get that watch because I'm one, I need more sleep than 2 a.m. But um, and I reached out to one of my Instamates and Joe, if you're listening, you're amazing. And I, and I want to thank you again for helping me. But um, yeah, he we teed it up and he got all my details and hit enter and bought the watch and I shipped the money over and we're all done. But, um, and a week later the watch arrived and he said, Oh my God, that was in quick time. Never that quick. So, and yeah, it's sort of that special in because it connects me with the, my watch family in, in the UK as well. So the fact that he, Joe did that for me, I just, I'm stoked. And I, and I always thank him. I can't thank him enough for helping me get it because it's just amazing. So, yeah, that's sort of the four, the four big ones, the ones that connect okay. with me the most is, you know, the one that talks about my history with Kim, my work history, the fact that, you know, one that I just love because I, I'm a bit of an Amiga freak. I love Amiga as well. And mm -hmm. the other side of it is the Smith's one that sort of connects me back with my UK family. In my watch family. That's cool. I know you have that Seamaster too. Yeah. Which you, you photo quite a bit. Yeah. That's uh, a cool piece. Yeah. Is that, is that Speedmaster just the, it's just the pro, right? It's the, it's the pro uh, professional with the Hestalite? The Speedy? Yes. Yeah. It's the new version. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, gotcha. new, the new version with the nicer brace. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. So I only, only got, I got that in May. Oh, nice. I go on holidays and I bought a I bought a speedy. I shouldn't go on holidays. It was the last time we were allowed to go on holidays, actually, because we're in lockdown. So <laughs> right. maybe it'll be a significant right. milestone in that way. But um, yeah, it's the new version, and um, that's right. So that's got that's got some changes to it too, right? Like the the dot over ninety, and there are a yeah. couple other changes yeah. that they have on that. That's yeah. cool. And and actually, the big change and the big change I think with that one is that it's got the coaxial movement at that point too. Yeah, and the actual, um, the only thing I don't like about it is the manual winding thing. Do you like manual winding watches? I don't know. I do. Oh, there you I go. Do, <laughs> we beg to differ. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm forgetful, right? And I'll go, oh, and I'll put it on. And because all my watches are pretty much automatic, so I often go and shake my wrist and we're gone. And then I'll look yeah. down two hours later and go, oh, I forgot to wind it. 
<laughs> I end up liking the manual yeah. anyway because of the fact that I rotate through watches so much that yeah. most of the time if I pick something up that's automatic or even anything mechanical, yeah. I still have to wind it anyway. So Yeah, I give it a bit of a wind, but this time this one you have to, you know, give it a good crank every day. Yeah. But um yeah, I I thought I'd like the manual winding thing, but uh mm -hmm. yeah. Only because I'm getting lazy in my old age. It's just the way it is. <laughs> so, it, now, now, is that your only manual winding watch? Yeah. Okay. It is. You know, I'll tell you, though, too, that Speedmaster, I mean, and I think that's what it was known for, like the manual wind back in the day. Yeah. That, uh, with a Lamania movement, that um, is a little bit harder to wind than my other manual wind watches it because is. of the crown is kind of wake tucked in there right so i mean it's a little bit harder to wind oh i thought it was just me having fat fingers but yeah it is it is you've got to really crank it and like yeah it's it's hard and it seems to yeah rub on your hand i don't know i'm just sort of used to it now but at first you're like digging in trying to get it winding so yeah that that's one thing about that i will say since we're talking about some of the things that we don't like i have um i don't i don't know if you have one too but i think the um Seiko SKX? Mm, no, I don't have one. So so a Se the Seiko SKX, the, you don't wind it. It's not windable. You actually have to shake it. Oh, There's okay. that shake that you have to do with it. And then the the power reserve on it's pretty low. Right. And so you're always stuck. And I'll, <laughs> I'll catch myself sometimes trying to wind it. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. What am I doing? And I have to shake it. <laughs> So it's kind of an interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting one minute you're winding, so. next minute you're shaking, and then your yeah, brain's yeah. all scrambled. Which one am I wearing today? But, um, <laughs> exactly. And I'm a bit. Exactly. Uh, here we go with my OCD. I like when I set my watches that it's to the second. <laughs> Do you? Yes. I'm a bit OCD. Same. Same. Yeah. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll 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 hack it. It's tough when the watch doesn't hack, right? Yeah. But like, I'll hack it, and we'll get ready. We'll wait. I'm looking at either my phone or yeah. the cable box or whatever. And just, yeah. it's, like, go. OCD's tough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. oh, that's funny. OCD's tough. Well, I must say the new Speedy, even though it is manual wind, it has a good power reserve, but the um, the accuracy, so it doesn't deviate that much mm -hmm. to the second every day, as long as you keep winding it every day. But the, um, and same with the Explorer, the accuracy like that's a 70 hour power reserve and I can leave it for two days and it's only like a second gained. Yes. It's phenomenal where, where they've taken, like people will say it's a lot of money. It is, but what you're getting is just a superb piece of technology beneath the hood, I guess. Agree. And, and with the watches in itself, like some of the Rolexes you mentioned, and actually I think you have a Tudor Black Bay yeah. 58 as well, right? Yeah, I have two of those. Um, Three of those. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Three? Well, I have the, the S&G that I don't wear that often. It used to be my work watch, but I haven't been to the office okay. much. Um, so I have the Champagne Dial S&G. Okay. Um, yeah, I like the, the blue and the black. And I've been yes. so close to pulling the trigger on the silver one because I really love it. Um, so yeah, maybe after lockdown, I've got things on my mind. Sorry, we deviate. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. That's okay. I'm just saying like all of those watches are very robust. I mean, yeah. like those are not dress piece watches. Those are like watches that you can beat up. I mean, like you can literally throw them across a room and they'll be fine. I don't recommend doing that. No, but <laughs> you, can, you can do it. Um, so wait, let's go back for a second. So you're talking about the Tudor Black Bay. You're talking about the new one that just came out, the silver. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Now, what is drawing you to that watch? I'm curious. Oh, I love the the earthy tones. Mm. Yeah, the, the actual, the thing that I'm sort of disappointed, they didn't put a bracelet with it, but maybe it wouldn't go well with a bracelet. I, I do like it with the leather strap. Um. And I, my Black Bay with the the black one didn't come with the bracelet because he didn't have it, but he had it with the with the NATO. But right. I, cho I chop and change straps on that one all the time, whereas the blue one came with the bracelet and I just leave it on the bracelet. But um, I think the silver just, the actual earthy tones and, mm -hmm. and no one, like no, I've watched a lot of forums and no one can really tell me how the silver's going to age sort of intrigues me how that silver will change over time 
I gotta think it's gonna oxidize, right? So it's yeah. gonna tarnish a little Especially bit. Especially here in Australia, where it's summer, it's forty six degrees. <laughs> so. Right, humid and everything. Yeah, right? so, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. and so, it's, uh, and maybe that's why they didn't put the bracelet with it. Yeah. I think about like how. Um, so I have one bronze watch. Yeah. It's that Vertex, and Love I really it. like the way it's starting to patina. Yeah, and. I, I was always scratching my head like, hey, why don't they ever do a bracelet? And that's probably why. Yeah, I love that bronze vertex. Like, I follow Rob on Instagram, who's the vertex king. and He is. And I, and is. I love him to bits because his watch collection and his shots are like his photographs are insane of that vertex. And um, I love I'm not really, I haven't been drawn into the, the bronze thing. Maybe I will one mm-hmm. day just to just to have a go and see how it ages. But um on the vertex, it looks phenomenal. Just really does. It really does. Yeah. It really does. And and the history. We like the history of those watches and that yeah. in itself being one of the dirty dozen and just yeah. having that rich history. I think it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Listen, Trish, just give yourself a couple of months. You'll go on another vacation and you'll find <laughs> a reason to go ahead and get yourself something bronze. No, <laughs> you'll be you'll be bored and you'll want to pick something new. <laughs> oh, for sure. I've actually got my eye on a Cartier tank. I really love them. You're just a, a mind reader here because I was going to ask you what's on your short list. Yeah, the Cartier, so Cartier tank. tank. Yeah. And I, lo- Which I like. Which tank, actually? Oh, just the, the standard looking one. What is that one? I don't even know what. The one with the black strap. In steel or in uh, in precious metal? Oh, no, no, just steel. The entry level quartz. Just because I don't know whether I want to spend a lot of money on a Cartier, I'd just rather have one that I can just, you know, play with get some straps with, wear it in different situations. And I've seen a few Instagram accounts where they've, you know, stuck it on a leather strap with it and it looks phenomenal. You know, the, mm-hmm. the tan sort of strap and stuff looks really cool. I like the I like the aesthetics of it. I've never had a squared off, well, it's not really square, it's like a rectangle, isn't it? The shape of the face. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's cool, I've, you know. It looks good. There we go. I've got no other substance behind it. It just looks good. <laughs> and that's most likely half the battle. I mean, like, I think a lot of people go by because it looks good. And yeah. I don't follow Cartier that much, but I think that there's a tank out there that's a solar. And I think it's powered by the sun. Did you see anything? I think that, are you familiar with that? Yeah, I've seen it. I haven't really done a lot of research because I've just sort of honed in on the quartz tank. But, um, yeah, that looks really cool as well. Wouldn't it be good? You wouldn't That'd have to. That'd be kind of interesting. But you've got to be in the sun. I'm stuck in my home office all the time. So <laughs> I have yeah, to leave it on the windowsill. <laughs> exactly. I was going to just say the same thing, just, you know, leave it on the windowsill. Anything else that you're eyeballing? That you... Well, I've got a Ming on order. It better come all aligned. Let's hope. Oh, nice. <laughs> so nice. the 1709, that was a crazy story. It was a Saturday night and there was a like a 10-minute window at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night because we are in lockdown and nothing better to do. And I'm sitting here saying add to cart. And all of a sudden it added to cart. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Run, get the credit card. And, right, um, right. Yeah, it was quite bizarre. And then there's all this weight. Like it's like it said March next year. I'm like, well, I still like it in March next year because I'm typically if I can't have something quick then I get lose interest but anyway I thought I'll get it and see what happens but um it's supposed to be September well September's coming let's see mm-hmm. and um and then all the drama happened with Ming oh my goodness it got more publicity than it needed <laughs> probably and then I'm thinking I hope they've got mine lined up correctly let's find out so there were a couple of independent watches that had a lot of uh drama recently ming was one of them another one was corona yeah i didn't really follow the corona one because i wasn't i wasn't buying one when i'm buying one and there's dramas i'm interested <laughs> so. no i <laughs> well i saw something recently and i think that it it self-corrected itself The you know i'm a huge believer in the the audience the fans will always dictate what's going on but yeah. i think that corona i think they were trying to do the right thing by trying to increase like ladies getting focused in on our oh yes the blue one yeah yeah and so so they were trying to just get them so that only women females can purchase the that particular piece and i was just like i don't know i think that we're 
I think they corrected itself. I'll put it that way. Yeah, look, to be honest, it just it just blows up stuff for the wrong reason. Good marketing campaign, maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah. But I wouldn't go ahead and buy something because it was slated as a woman, a, a watch for a woman. Um, definitely not. Right. Um, but people do. I, look, to be honest, it's it's just creates hype. It put attention on that on that piece and the Ming has had attention on its piece as well and everyone's had an opinion on that as well. And what comes of it? Probably more sales. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. The, the cynic in me would say, oh, well, it's just got some more sales out of that. <laughs> so, I think they actually opened up, they allocated more pieces actually. I think it went from like 388 or something to that number um, to like 500 pieces. So uh, they, uh, they opened it up. So All of a sudden there's but, more. Yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, I'm not really drawn into the the whole hype around those sort of things because, to me, everybody should wear what they like, and and yeah, you know what's what's what do they like to wear rather than what the industry says you should wear. But you know, it happens right across. You know, you should buy this house because it's this, or you should buy this car because it's that, or this computer because it's this. You know, it happens right across the industry, and you get drawn into those those themes across advertising. But, you know, for me, it's just what I like to wear. That's where I no, sit. agree. Hype is what creates a six-figure Patek 5711, right? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Like one, <laughs> I worked it out. It was the one that just sold. That's the one we're talking about, right? Um, um, I think any Patek 5711 is over 100,000 US dollars. Well, the one that just went to auction and what was it, 400 odd thousand US? Oh yeah. So, so that works out to be six hundred and fifty thousand dollars Australian. <laughs> so Wow. That's, guess what? That's a lot. This no, it's not gonna happen it's a, here. It's a house. Yeah. Well, Sydney's pretty expensive, so half a house. <laughs> so. That's that's a lot. No. <laughs> that's a lot. You know what? Let's let's see if we can delve into another passion of yours, which is really photography. Okay, cool. And I'd love to understand. So, I mean, like, how long have you been interested in photography? How'd you get started? Oh, my photography dates back nearly as long as my watches. Um, but okay. Um, yeah, I I always loved photography. It was it's been forever a joy of mine. And in fact, in fact, I had a, a wedding photography business for a while as a as a okay. as a side hustle, not my primary job because there was no money in it. But um, yeah, I. I did that for a few years and, and and really enjoyed it actually, and and then from there I just you know I pretty much wherever I go I take a camera with me a real camera not really one for shooting photos with my iPhone I'd rather have my real camera with me, um, but yeah so that's sort of where it started and and then when I started getting into watches and then I discovered this whole world of watch community and I didn't even know it existed and. And over the time, I've seen so many awesome photographers on Instagram that use watches as their subject, right? And that's what I do pretty much. It's, it's you know, I try different things. I've sort of, sort of found my rhythm now of what I like to shoot and how I like to shoot my, my watches. And, and it seems to appeal to people, which is even cooler. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's, um, as I said at the beginning, my photography is more important to me really than than my watch. My watches are important, but when I shoot them and I post them, I like people to know what the story is behind that shot, I guess. And Very cool. Yeah, and that's why I try to have a, a bit of a, when someone, my, my whole goal, not for likes or, or followers or any of that that's happened by, by evolution, I guess, but pretty much when you're scrolling through your Instagram, account when you're sitting on the lounge late at night and you see my shot you stop and you go oh that looks different or you know there's something about it that sort of triggers you to stop and if that happens I, I'm happy so you mentioned about cameras bringing a real camera with you yeah do you mind sharing with our listeners what you shoot with yeah so I have my two at the moment I have a, a Sony mirrorless and I have a Canon mirrorless um the Canon is the one I shoot with watches and the Sony is one when I shoot with people. Sounds okay. I don't shoot people with it. 
that sounds bad, doesn't it? Because <laughs> I do. Some, we understand. We yeah, understand. <laughs> I do some family shots for friends and stuff, and um, yeah, I take my drone out and we go, you know, do family photos for people for special occasions. I just do it for fun now and do it for word of mouth and don't do it for a job. I just do it for fun because I get so much pleasure out of it. That's my thing, right? It's it, it's taking photos so. The Sony is superb for people shots. I love it. Um, and the Canon, because I already had Canon lenses from previous um, model cameras, I, I've sort of just kept this, the Canon thing going. And that's what you're shooting stills with then? Yeah, yeah. The Canon. Yeah. What, what, what in your opinion, makes the Sony a good camera for people? Um, so, yeah, the Sony... I don't know. It's the clarity in the lens. It's more the lens than the camera, let's face it. So people get think that they can buy the best body and have a rubbish lens and they'll get a great photo. The photo comes from the glass in the lens. So the better the lens, the better the photo. So I've got a beautiful fixed 85 millimeter lens for my Sony that you get great depth of field either end. So it's, it blurs out the background, it blurs out the foreground and it's got face recognition and it will just hone in on the details of it and capture the eyes. And I find that if you can capture the eyes, you can tell from that photo what that person's feeling at the time because feelings come through what you see in people's eyes, whether they're happy or sad or, or whatever else. So um, it just has so much detail around the aspect of people and the colour it produces around people like the skin tones and the, the tones in people's hair and faces and stuff like that. It's, it, it, that's my opinion and that's what I've found. But um, the Canon, where I can, I can take a macro shot with the Canon and the lens that I've got will give it beautiful clarity or it'll, it'll capture the depth that I want from the, from the watch. And I find it's, um, it's really good for those still shots that, you know, you don't have to organise people. One of the hardest right. things about being a wedding photographer is organising people. Stand here, do this, do that. Don't do this. Smile now. Look this way. <laughs> Stop crying. No. I'm yeah, just, yeah. Probably not crying, but. <laughs> and then you have a tantrum no, that... in the park. I had a few brides do that. I'm <laughs> oh not doing goodness. that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. They're the two I shoot with at the moment, and I really enjoy both, actually. I don't, I don't have a specific brand preference. I just like both for their, for the the different things that they bring. When you shoot, and specifically um, when you're shooting your photography for watches and you're doing your stills and, and things like that, yeah, is there a particular mindset that you get yourself into? You're very creative, so I'm just kind of curious. Like, do you get yourself in a, in a zone per se? Um. I don't know whether I get myself in the zone. I have an idea and it might just come to me in the middle of the night if I wake up or it might just, yeah, that's what I'm going to do to tomorrow because that's how I'm feeling or this is something in my life that's going to happen, so I'll shoot that photo. Some days I just, I have an idea. I, I posted one yesterday. There was 30 other shots that I tried to get and it just wasn't working and I changed it and that's, the, the Seamaster um, without the strap-on um, was what I ended up posting, which people loved. Um, yeah. But I wasn't feeling it yesterday. Some days I, I do, some days I don't. I had been, I had to drive three hours yesterday, so maybe I was just fatigued. I don't know. But um, normally I have an idea and there's a scene that I've got in my head. I want to create this scene. The watch is in the middle of the scene, but, you know, Typically, it's the scene that I'm talking to rather than the actual watch. It's The watch is the end product result, I guess. It's the scene around it. Um, and, and, you know, over the last week or so, we've been doing simple archetype photography, and that was pretty, that was a challenge for me because I don't have to use lights, camera action. I can just use my window, which I have a beautiful window, so I use that light. One watch, minimal props. It was the best. It was, and it, I think that's the benefit of the watch community when they put out little challenges to people. Yes. Try different shots and try different setups and I'm not into watches and socks 
sweet, but <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> or pocket shots. I'm rubbish at pocket shots, but um, yeah, I, I. I'm trying to figure out the pocket watch shot myself. The one that I enjoyed getting involved with was the one where you were taking a picture of yourself taking a picture. I mean, remember that it was like the self portrait. Oh yeah. That was scary. Yeah. That was, uh, I'm very conscious of one. who I am and, and, you know, even wrist shots and cause my hands now have been scarred by the sun and, and dinged up, you know, I was mm-hmm. forever blurting out my blotches and stuff, but yeah, it's, um, I think what happens is, you know, I am who I am and I accept who I am and, and I just want to be like Kim who was super kind and, and just, you know, give people positive feedback because, you know, everyone loves positive feedback, you know, and everyone's doing their own thing, whether it's taking an hour over a shot or taking five minutes over a shot, they're still putting their heart, but they're putting their heart on their sleeve by posting their shot. And it's, and it's kind to be able to be, um, just to recognise people for, for doing that and because that's how, that makes our watch community special. And, and that's what I enjoy about it is that engagement. Even though you don't see anybody, it's an engagement thing. Yes. And, and, yes. It's, and it's a positive engagement. You know, there's, you know, there's the odd person that might not be positive or post something not so positive or whatever, but the, the 99% of it is positive. And I've met virtually some amazing people Um just by posting photos of my watches. What's really neat too is the majority of us have day jobs. I know you have a day job. I have yeah. a day job too. Yeah. And in our day jobs, um, it's not the most creative outlet, right? I mean, like yeah. there's not really a lot of creativity that we can do in our jobs, but the watch community and what we do allows us to exercise our creative part of our brain. Yeah. And so it's really neat to hear you say that, you know, I've got a shot in my brain that I want to go ahead and put out Yeah. by using my camera and by using this watch as an object. Yeah. And it's, it's neat. You really do such an amazing, you are so talented, Trish. Oh, I you, appreciate you really that. Are. Thank you. Um, and so who inspires you? I know you inspire me and you inspire quite a few other people, but who inspires you? Oh, there is so many people that inspire me. I mean, I I guess for me, people like the account like Moody Dials, who who his shots are just sensational. Like, and the and the the story he tells, and it's so much what I love. It's that antique look and feel. It's that that blurry lights in the background. It's got meaning. It's got I don't know substance. It's really cool. Um, I, I really I get a lot of joy when I see Moody Dolls photos. Um, the, you know I've got some some people that I follow all the time. Vern from Watch Studies, I love what he's doing. I think how he's teaching us how to take photos and 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 learn how to do different setups and stuff like that. I think it's amazing to do that. You know, to give back to the community. Um, I really. You know, stuff like that um, Lydia does from Enjoy the Watchers. You know, she has a history in photography, so she knows. And then she puts her little behind the scenes so you can see what she did to make the photo. Because the more we share, the more we learn. And yes. it, gives, it gives everybody an idea of, you know, oh, I want to recreate that in my own way. It's not that you're trying to copy it. You're just trying to recreate it. Um one of my, my closest friends on the, the whole community is Henderson Horology and and you know, Ryan's just the best. I'll get the odd picture of a beer on a beach once in a while. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and he's been so supportive of me and especially around purchasing um, my Explorer and, and stuff like that. And I know that I can reach out to him anytime and he will answer, maybe in a different time zone when he's awake and I'm not and stuff. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and Joe has been phenomenal and Rob as well with his vertexes and, and you know, we all share a common love for for watches and, and you know, the other one that I, I really get inspiration from because I enjoy being outside when I'm allowed to be. Hurry up, Australia right. government. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, my friend watches in nature. Um, that's what, oh, yes. watches underscore in 
underscore nature. And my friend, I'm sure he won't mind me telling you this, but uh, <laughs> his nickname for me is Wolf because he's outside and, he's, and, he's, and his joy for being in nature is just phenomenal and the way he, he puts his pictures and his, and his kindness into his photos. You can tell that people are kind the way they portray their, through their, themselves through their photos. Um, yeah, so that would be, and Jeremy from TPL, I know that he's just a rock star in my eyes and I'm sure he's a rock star in many people's eyes because, you know, there's so many people that I could go on and on, but um, also Jeremy from Chronological is also a close friend now and I have a, a massive passion for Nashville. I spent a lot of time in Nashville in 2013 with Kim, mm -hmm. one of our favourite places on the planet. So anyone who lives in Nashville is a rock star in my view. That's awesome. <laughs> but I love TPL and everything he does and his kindness and his great positive vibes. I know if I'm having a really bad day and I see a Jeremy post, I'll feel immediately good. Yes. He's such a he's such a genuinely good yeah. guy too. We've had him on the show. Yeah. We've been very fortunate to have him in here and and uh, you know, just knowing him just his energy. He he's the type of guy to bring like some serious presence in a room when he walks in. So it's yeah. he's a good guy. So Trish, you mentioned there is a gentleman by the name of Joe. He helped you out uh, acquire with that that Smith. Yeah. That Smith's watch. Yeah. Um what's his Instagram? So it's Joey J O E Y underscore C zero zero one. So it looks like Joey Cool. No, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and the reason why I ask is because I'd like to go ahead and tag all of these guys. Yeah. Well, they're the most special people to me. And, you know, I, I've met lots of people and I, and, but they're the ones that, you know, I'll get the, the odd DM from and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing too, what it does is it allows some of our listeners to maybe to look at different uh, Instagram feeds and, yeah. and learn about new different people and highlight other people in our watch community. That's, that's really my goal with bezel banter is just how do we keep learning from each other and how do we keep connecting with each other? Yeah. And I, and I do it in my small way here at bezel banter, but I love this stuff. I love being able to connect and just learning about new people. And yeah. And to be honest, the, the things that you do about, you know, bringing the community into your podcast really, you know, that's, that's what makes me listen is when it's real when you can talk to people that aren't hung up on movements or they are hung up on movements, I don't care, but you, you know, you can talk to them about their collection and how their journey started and, and what inspires them every day. Like, to be honest, taking my watch shot every day gets me out of my home office. I mean, pretty much since March last year, off and on, we've had lockdown, right? That's pretty much across the world. And what started off as a, as a daily COVID relief is now turned into something that is my daily grind and my daily love. Don't say grind. Yes. My daily love is my taking my watch shot. So. And, and so for those listeners out there that aren't maybe familiar with the environment out there in Australia, it's a pretty tough lockdown right now over there. I mean, yeah, it is, you know, a lot of the people that I know and I myself live in North America, I live in the U S and while some cities are somewhat in lockdown now, I mean like everybody, everybody's a little bit different, right? Every place is going to have a different environment with regards to this pandemic. And so listening to you and understanding what it's like over there, um, I feel for you guys because of the situation that you guys are in. I mean, like not even being able to get away from your house within a, I think, what did you say? Five kilometer yeah. distance. Yeah, that's it. Five kilometers is it. Um, that's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty intense. Um, yeah, it is. So I feel for you. I hope that things really start opening up out there. Um, Apparently October, place. which will be good because it coincides with my birthday. <laughs> Oh, that's good. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I've missed Happy it, early uh, birthday. Yeah. <laughs> my It's Father's Day in Australia this weekend, so that's sad. I can't see my dad, but we'll do a hangout or a Zoom. And um, my brother turns 50 next week and my sister's birthday's on Saturday. So massive family gatherings all cancelled, postponed. Mm. Let's say postponed. Um, yes. Hopefully just rescheduled. We'll, we'll yes. have to reschedule. Yeah, hopefully. that's it. But um, as long as it goes, like, I can't wait for it to just be back to semi-normal, even just to, 
walk around again and feel like you're not a criminal will be great. <laughs> so, right, yeah. right. That's how you feel. It's like, oh. oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Like, because I'm just thinking to myself, like, if you wanted to go for a walk, if you wanted to ride your bike, it's yeah. not a far ride. It's a pretty quick walk. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can still do that. There's limitation. I'm lucky I'm not in one of the, the, the designated hotspots. I'm sort of remote okay. from that. So I can still get about and walk around. But um, the, the benefit of having a little sort of a makeshift gym in your spare room, just do that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. At least you can get some energy out that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so are you, I'm just curious, are you working on any uh, exciting watch-related projects? No, I'm not really working on any watch-related projects. I, this was the... I don't know where my watch journey is going to take me, to be honest, Anesta. I hope it is something that I can look forward to when I decide to pull, hang the boots up after a long career with my company that I can do some more photography as a bit of a, you know, fun thing to do after I retire. And and because I've sort of got that now to fall back on, I think that's pretty exciting. Um, I've had a few, a few, like, DMs about doing stuff and... I have to focus on my real work for now because that's my priority and my my daily photo on Instagram is sort of my lunchtime relief and I can get up and take some photos and, and you know, do that either early in the morning or later at night and then post the next day. So, yeah, it's at the moment I, I just want to keep growing my account and hopefully in time, who knows what will happen or what, what will, where it will take me. Um, I'd like to do more work with Australian Australian companies, um, whether it be brands around watch bands or straps or typically, you know, companies that sell stuff out of Australia because it's, it's so expensive to buy stuff when it's overseas um, and all the, yeah. all the stuff that comes from overseas. Uh, obviously, is the good stuff. It'd be great to see a, a higher presence of watch-related accessories and stuff to Australia. So there's a couple of there's a couple of um, companies that I deal with at the moment, just buying stuff from here, just to support us because it's so important we support local. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows what will happen? I, you know, to be honest, I'm just I'm grateful that I've come this far, and even to the point of having this interview is really cool. So. Oh, you're you're too kind. I, I listen. We appreciate you taking your lunches to do your photos because yeah. <laughs> I, we get excited about seeing it. I know I get excited about seeing your posts every day. I appreciate you. you doing that, Trish. This has been an absolute pleasure. It has been such a treat for me to have you on Bezel Banter. I'm so thrilled that we're getting our listeners to learn more about you and. I've enjoyed learning more about you as well. Um, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to, if they want to see your work or DM you or what have you? Yeah, well, at Watch Girl Life with underscores in between. Apparently, that's hard to get the underscore right. It's not a dash; it's an underscore. <laughs> I didn't even know that when I set up the account. But anyway, technicalities. Technicalities. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, send me a DM, say good day, um, literally, because that's what we do in Australia. Say good day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Call me a mate. Um, my Insta family are absolutely my mates. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Just reach out, tell me you're going okay. And I mean, the most important thing to remember is that everyone on our community is awesome and you are awesome. If no one's told you that today, you are 100% awesome. So. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much again for for uh, spending time with us on here. I'm so grateful for you having me. I can't I can't thank you enough. This is just so exciting. I'm just so stoked to have done this. And hopefully everybody enjoys what my life is like <laughs> behind my photos. I have a feeling that people are going to want you back on the show. Hopefully we'll have an opportunity to do that in the, in the near future. Yeah, that would be think? great. I'll let you know. Maybe we can come back and talk about my Ming when it arrives, <laughs> see if it's lined up. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. And I can't wait to come back to New York. I went there. I've been there twice, and uh, maybe one day I'll be back again. Yeah, for a, that'd be awesome. For a, for a meal in Times Square somewhere. We'll we'll do a meetup. Yeah, it'd be we'll great. Yeah, there's a few of you over there. I'd love to catch up. With. 
Well, guys, definitely, I'm going to go ahead and link all of Trish's information on the show. Um, and Trish, thanks again. And thank you guys, everybody, for listening and spending time with us on Bezel Banter. Please hit the show notes for more details and links. You can follow us on Instagram. I am at ErnestoGuapo72. And you can follow the show at Bezel Banter Media for any updates or new episodes or other communications. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out to us on bezelbanter at gmail.com. And please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcast because it truly helps us out. Additionally, you can grab this episode and other episodes at www.bezelbanter.com. Thanks again, and we look forward to catching up with you soon on the next episode of Bezel Banter. Thank you.